today on CityCast Salt Lake. It's been a record hot summer in this valley. So what does that mean for our unsheltered neighbors? Because Salt Lake County has established a string of cooling centers around the city. But is the word about these public AC zones getting out? Lead producer Emily Means chatted with Ron, an unsheltered neighbor who was trying to beat the heat and preferred we didn't share his last name. And later, I met up with Wendy Garvin, the executive director of Unsheltered Utah, to get ideas for looking after each other this summer. It's Monday, July 25th, 2022. I'm Ali Vallarta, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. All right, it's been a hot summer, a really hot summer. What's it been like uh, living out here over mm. the past couple months? I have COPD, and I've had part of the lung taken out because I had lung cancer, so it's, the humidity is drier here, but it's, it's been very hard to breathe. Because of the heat? Yes. So, yeah, I'm my age, too, and I, and I smoke. I mean, the nights here are hot, too. What's it like living out here while it's so hot? Um... <laughs> It's not so much the heat, it's the, I guess, what I would call zombies at night. Um, granted, I, I walk the streets a little bit sometimes at night, so people probably see me that way, but there's people out here that like to come. Like last night, I had somebody come out here and was just, I don't know, playing, not antics around the, around my tent out here, and it woke me up, so I heard him out there shuffling. I got come and got out here, and it was a young lady. I don't know what her mental problems were but that's a big issue out here but she was bored I'm assuming had nothing better to do but to come out and influence. it's unfortunate yeah. how does the heat make you feel I mean I know I feel really tired and sluggish but you know you being out here all the time how does it make you feel not being able to breathe as much like I said those CFPD I'm getting carbon monoxide and pollution probably from that so disoriented dizzy not enough oxygen up to my brain I, I'm guessing, and like I said, again, I smoke cigarettes, so that doesn't help me. How do you stay cool out here? Water, usually stay. I this this awning kind of right up the, over the top of the uh, tent so it doesn't touch it, so it's like shade, shade. And then the trees, we water out here. I, I don't know if you can tell the difference between these three trees, two or four trees, and those ones down there. You, I wish I could water those ones, but the water isn't on on this property. We've been trying to keep the trees watered so that no, just keep shade. How are you watering the trees? Going up, I go up to the well about once every day, sometimes, sometimes every other day, with a shopping cart, fill up these containers, and then we wash up with the with what we do wash up with, or I just dump it out and put on the trees. How do you think this summer compares to other summers? They're getting worse from um, from the obvious global warming, um, and you know. I'm homeless right at the moment, but if we don't all start paying attention to what we're doing to the planet, we're all going to be homeless faster than we know it. Um, I didn't, I'm like I said, at 59, I particularly didn't come here to watch the world burn and leave it burning to my children. And unfortunately, I guess I've took my eye off the ball. So I'm doing what I can at the moment. Um, Do you know about the cooling centers they have here in Salt Lake? I do not. Okay, they have some cooling centers, and I believe the public library is actually one. Um, I guess I, I'm wondering if you had known about the cooling centers, would you go and, like, 
cool off there at all? It depends on, I'm not, like I said, PTSD is kind of a people thing, but yeah, I probably would if it was really bad, because um, it's suicide to stay out here and do nothing if you know about it, so yeah. Yeah, I probably would. What else do you need to stay safe when it's so hot outside? Well, in general, place to live that's affordable. But to be honest with you, I just barely acquired a caseworker, case manager, which is insane because as far as being on the street, literally, um, not in a motel or anything, we, my wife and I, it's been three years since the embassy, we were in the embassy apartment downtown and the apartment above us caught fire. We were displaced during COVID, all unfortunate, but we've been on the street since then. So, uh, man, safety, because uh, there's, there's other, other things going on out here on the street that I'm not going to alliterate into very, very much, but I mean, there's a lot of trafficking and stuff going on out here, which makes it dangerous out here. So, yeah. um, a safe place to live. I, I've been trying to get our voucher because we want to port out of Salt Lake County because we can't afford here anyway. And I, I understand how come housing has, has gone this way, and that's just the way it is in most of the cities in the United States, I'm sure. But there's affordable housing in rural areas and we're trying to port it out but it's a long story but another time maybe what else do you want people to understand about being um unsheltered during the summer we think a lot about homelessness during the winter when it's cold but what about during the summer what should people know it's just as bad if not worse than the winter um because people are dehydrated out here and there's a lot of people out here that don't think and don't don't drink any water or anything um, plus, on top of that, some of the substance abuse that's going on out here lowers the fluid system and that people don't realize that they're actually dehydrating and they're getting sunstroke. And so it compounds on top of the mental health issues anyway. And the public might in general just think that the, pers the people are losing it, but they're not. There's an actual health issue. Okay. okay. Anything else you want to say? Mm, no. Thanks for coming out and taking the time to, to, to ask questions. That's, that's awesome. It's nice to know people care. Of course. Well, you're my neighbor, you know? So, cool. Um, we'll Whenever posture comes up in conversation, we all do that thing where we immediately sit upright and pull our shoulders back. Did you do it just now? I did a movement session with Chandler at Embodied Patients, and after a few gentle corrections, I was surprised to find sitting up straight is incredibly easy. Chandler's practice combines over a decade of study in yoga, Pilates, and the Alexander Technique. So why should you invest in your posture? Let's start with the link between better posture and better breathing. Whether you're returning to activity from an injury, looking to manage pain, or just have the sense things could be a little easier, Chandler will teach you to create sustainable movement habits so that you can enjoy the things you love for longer. Maybe that's running marathons, Maybe it's walking the dog. Visit embodiedpatients.com to book a session with Chandler and give yourself the gift of your own attention. One more thing before we go. There are things we can do to look out for each other this summer. So I met up with Wendy Garvin at Cledding Park to talk about what that looks like. She is the executive director of Unsheltered Utah. You and your team at Unsheltered Utah are doing weekly outreach to unsheltered Salt Lakers during this just a wicked, another wicked hot summer. Mm -hmm. What are you hearing? 
uh, I mean, the heat is the thing that we hear about the very most. It yeah. is, um, even when it's freezing cold in the winter, people have strategies. They have generators. They can they can burn things. They can create mm. heat somehow. There's no options during the summer. And so I would say that the heat in the summer is actually more dangerous. We're seeing more heat strokes. We're seeing more um, just people debilitated and exhausted by the heat. Um, we find that most of the outreach organizations are only giving out one or two bottles of water a day. And so we tested it. Um, we would go out and spend all day with our unsheltered friends helping them move or something like that. And we tested how much water we needed. Mm -hmm. It was over a gallon yeah. for one day. Well, we know the city, the county has facilitated these cooling centers and they're not they're not really new spaces. It's like a library or an existing building. And I know the qualifications are it's got to have AC and it's got to have a water fountain. Are you finding that people you're talking to know about the cooling centers? Um, we do not find that the unsheltered population knows about most of the services that we have out there. And mm. in fact, we've given credit to the city because they've been reaching out to small outreach teams like us who spend a lot of day-to-day -day time with our unsheltered population mm -hmm. and trying to make sure we get that information so that there's a better chance that it gets spread out. Mm -hmm. So I think they're aware that people don't know. Um, it is particularly hard to communicate with the unsheltered population. They don't use social media. They, they don't keep phones for very long, so their phone numbers change probably monthly or more often. Mm -hmm. And um, and so it's really hard to get a coordinated message all the way out. So I think working with the outreach teams is one method that, that definitely we should be doing. But I also would love to see flyers posted in areas where the unsheltered population hangs out. Mm -hmm. Because um, that if they don't know, they could literally pass away outside a library, right. not realizing that they're allowed to go in and cool off there. Right. Well, and it's interesting. I was at the Salt Lake City Library the other day and I popped in and just said to the first person I saw who was like at the desk, who was lovely. But I was like, hey, did you know this is a cooling center? And they were like, a what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, OK. It does feel like we all need to like be all in on this messaging. I'm curious if you think people would because we hear a lot in the winter, like there is reticence to go to some of the shelters in the winter. Do you think people would go to cooling centers if they knew about them like in droves or I do think they would go to cooling centers they may pop in and out rather than spend the whole day there and they may not um, they may not all go at the same time which is probably good but uh, I do think that people would use them if they realized it was an option we ran into a few barriers last year um, the libraries were not cooling centers last year but the rec centers were hmm. and um, what we found was some conflict between the day-to-day -day maintenance staff and um, and the unsheltered population that was coming in because often our unsheltered friends have large quantities of stuff that they mm -hmm. keep with them at all times, yeah. maybe in a shopping cart or a, on a trailer or something. And uh, the rec centers had rules against this from previous interactions. And so we had to go around and say, hey, did you know that you're a cooling center? And as you said, we found that the cooling centers did not know that they were cooling mm -hmm. centers. Yeah. But we reached out to the directors of the rec centers and let them know. And what they did is uh, mostly they just put bike racks towards the front of the building so people could lock up their possessions and mm -hmm. have it still be in sight of the windows. Mm -hmm. And once the maintenance personnel understood that that was an allowed activity, 
the conflict ended and everybody got along and the cooling centers were well used. What I'm hearing you say is like, it's not just about opening the door or saying, it's about like designing a space that feels really inclusive. Right. It, uh, and, and designing is a good word because we very frequently do this, which is not a bad program. The cooling centers are a good program. Yeah, they are. But what we do is we're like, oh, well, we have some buildings. They have some air conditioner. We'll just open them up. And yeah. and so what you get is, for example, the rec centers have a lobby area. There's usually um, a drinking fountain in the lobby and five or six chairs. Mm-hmm. And that is where the unsheltered population is welcome to go. They can't actually access the facilities, use the showers, use the use mm. the other things that they might need. Mm. And it's boring. It's yeah. boring to just sit in a room without being allowed to do anything. Right. And my experience is that bored people are not always the best behaved. Yeah. And so we do end up with conflicts in those cooling shelters. And I think it's primarily because there's nothing to do. Right. And so, yes, you can survive the heat if you're willing to sit there and do nothing for however many hours you need to be in out of it. And so I think it's a step in the right direction, but I actually think we need to design facilities that are daytime centers for our unsheltered population, places they can go in, access computers, uh, get cooling, get water, maybe take some showers. So based on what you're hearing then, what is needed? Like, how can we all pitch in? Uh, Well, that's there's two different questions there. What is needed is full time facilities with staffing and services. Right. That is what we actually need to to start to get ahead of this problem. Right. But what can we do right now? Yeah. If everybody in the city just put a flat of water in their backseat and when you drive up to a corner and you see an unsheltered person, hand them a few bottles of water. Mm -hmm. You don't have to get out. You don't have to become best friends with them, although I, I encourage you to make some friends out there. But just hand them some water. If you go in a gas station and you see somebody else unsheltered sitting outside, get them a glass full of ice. It costs 50 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, or if you have your own container, it costs zero cents. Mm-hmm. And then just give them some ice. They can put their soda over it or their existing water or just use it to cool their body. And um, it, simple, simple little gestures from the population around us mm-hmm. would essentially not solve this problem, but help people survive until we have real solutions. You mentioned that like just approaching someone with a bottle of water, handing it out is helpful. But I know that there are often good tips on how to approach people because sometimes you have the best intentions, but your impact could be really negative or harmful. Mm -hmm. Do you have any tips on how best to go about distributing water in a way that is gracious? I, um, when I enter into a new camp, the first thing I always say is, hey, friend, how you doing? Um, express a little concern for their situation and ask them what they need. It's easy right now because the chances are very good that what they need is some way to cool off water or ice or or similar. But just be friendly. If I approach a tent, I say, knock, knock. Um, I don't have a door to knock on, but I think it's very respectful to to recognize their privacy and their their very small amount of personal space that they have so that I'm not just intruding. And I find that if you are polite and respectful to your unsheltered neighbors, that they return that, um, especially if they find out that you're there to give them something that they need. Right. So I, I very rarely have any safety concerns when I'm out among the unsheltered population by just following the simple, you know, respect your neighbor policy. Yeah. I think it's important to remember that it's someone's home. Yes. And so behave as you would in someone's home. Yes. And 
And I, I know many people have feelings about people setting up homes in public spaces right now. Um, I would say that we have a crisis of homelessness right now. And if these folks had some place to go, they would go there. And so I, I really encourage you to recognize that they're dealing with a, a desperate situation right now. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that we can do is be respectful of them and and understanding until we as a city can get together and, and build another shelter and put together more uh, affordable housing. Wendy Garvin, thank you so much for chatting with me on this lovely park bench today. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. If you want to support Unsheltered Utah, Wendy told me right now a helpful donation is Gatorade powder for the hydration kits they're assembling and distributing. You can email info at unshelteredutah.org to coordinate a donation or visit their website unshelteredutah.org for a more robust list of immediate needs. That's all for us today here on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around this city. Bye.